A young lady called Nydia, um, she came to us when she was about 12 years old. Her mother was selling her and she accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, but she still had the struggle in her heart about forgiveness. She would say to me, but if I forgive these men for what they did to me, um, that means they get away with it. And I said, no, sweetie, you are forgiving to set yourself free. But how do I forgive? How did you accept Jesus Christ? By grace, through faith, that's how you, you got saved. She said, okay, so it's that simple. I said, that's how simple it is. Jesus would not ask us to do something that we can't do. So she went to a, 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 attended a ladies retreat. I didn't want her to go to the youth. So I asked the pastor if she could go to the ladies retreat. Um, and they agreed from what she had been through, she needed to be with some mamas. She went there and during worship, this girl who had been abused, raped day after day, day after day, all day, every day for many, many, many years during worship, she said, she spoke to the Lord, she says, Lord, this grace that Miss Anna is telling me about, please give it to me to forgive. And the minute she said, I forgive, she said she was like watching an old fashioned movie. She saw the men's faces and she said, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. She said it felt like it was going on for forever. And the last picture was her mother. And she looked at this picture and she said, I can't forgive. By grace, I forgive you. She said, as she said that, she says, not only did I feel, but I heard chains breaking off of me and falling to the ground. And she was instantly set free. Only Jesus could do that. There is no way any counseling, any therapist could help her. And she's still free. Praise God. So there's one example. <laughs> is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. God bless you. Welcome today to More Than Conquerors. We are thrilled you are here with us. And uh, we've just really been trying to prepare in the best way we know how to talk to you today about some things that we feel like are right where we are um, in today's Christianity and how we are uh, called upon to live. And and uh, like, you know, I thought about 1 Thessalonians 4.1. Excuse me. It says, that we would attain yet greater perfection in living this life. Paul said, I'm writing all these things mm -hmm. so that you can attain yet greater perfection in living this life, the Christian life. And um, I, I think the how-tos are probably the most important part after we read the words on the pages. Now, how do we put that into action? 
into a daily lifestyle. And well, if you don't uh, do that, you miss the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, you can it, have the letter and the word right. and understand the letter and the word. But if you don't have practical application, no, right. it doesn't work. It really does. It just sandbags you, you know, into just being a gatherer of knowledge. And it's like Romans says there in what the third chapter, it says, it says the letter kills, but the spirit, spirit gives life. Alive. The Amplified Bible actually says the code kills. <laughs> Isn't that odd that, that we would just really, uh, you just be a gatherer of information, but never able to make it applicable to your daily, every day personal life. And um, I was thinking about you when we were talking about that, Terry, that um, you've been in so many diverse places of the world and had to preach the word and make it applicable to the people. And and then you preached um, these two very, sounds diverse or, or contradictory, and that don't move the post and then, and then we know what the word of God means by that. That we we dance like a text, and we dance with the one that brung us. We don't we don't switch partners. And then over here on the other side, that we really have to stay on the so called cutting edge of how to make that apply to people's lives in the twenty first century. And so, you would probably have more insight to that maybe than anybody we could talk to because. You've had to make the word, preach the word uh, to so many diverse uh, people groups around the world and in so many different dynamics, you know, and, and not just weather seasons, <laughs> hot, colds, you know, um, summer, fall, winter, spring, but you have had to do it under so many diverse dynamics politically, you know. Uh, tribally in so many of these places, and then how you have listened to the Holy Ghost and figured out how to do that, you know? Well, yeah, no, help you us have out to. here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, being a missionary um, and having to minister to all kinds of people, right? Uh, rich, poor, right? Literate, illiterate, exactly. You know, uh, sick, healthy, right? All kinds of doctrinal beliefs, all kinds of religions. And traditions, customs. Oh, absolutely. Even in yeah. the Christian, even in Christianity. No, right. right. There are just tons of customs, traditions. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus himself told the Pharisees, he said, look, you guys have made the word of God right. of non-effect by the traditions of men. Exactly. He said, you've created so many traditions right. in church that the word of God doesn't even work. You, well, you they, just put it aside yeah. and you come to church now for the traditions as opposed to coming to church to do the word. That's like Paul said. He said, y'all are y'all think so this is all about some cleverly designed fable, right. you know, a custom of some sort. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, as, as you and I have talked about many times, the Bible was designed, the gospel was designed. Right. And Jesus preached to farmers. Right. To fishermen. That's you know, so cool. It I was think. designed for naked That's natives, so, I mean, yeah. <laughs> which I preach to, you know. Right, uh, right. And yet we try to make it. Most primitive people. Uh, you know, for for rocket scientists, right. and try to make it really hard. T.L. Osborne, who's my dear, dear friend, as you well know, and of course T.L. was a, one of the world's greatest missionaries and had more miracles, I guess, That's than right. anybody in the history of the world. I mean, incredible miracles. Right. And uh, T.L. used to tell me, he said, Terry, I don't even pray for miracles in America. <laughs> he said, I don't know why you do it. He said, I watch you and you, you pray for miracles in America. 
and uh, and have a few. Wow. But he said, uh, I just don't do it. And, and I said, well, why don't you do it? He said, well, because all you get in America is one or two or three or a few. And he said, I can go overseas and have 10,000 miracles. Right. And I said to him, That's I said, yeah, sure. I said, but I, I said, I like miracles so much. And I want the people to get it so much. I said, I'll take one or two. Right. You know, I'll, I'll preach to an American crowd and, and, right. and just hammer it uh, for one or two, even though I love to go overseas and get the bunches, right. you know. But uh, but yet, uh, he said, he said, Americans make it too hard. He said, they just make it that. too hard. They want it hard. He I said, it's not hard. True. They won't receive it. In fact, he and I were at a big convention one time with some very famous preachers. I won't mention any names, but but uh, uh, they had called and asked him to come, and he didn't even want to come to the meeting. Right. And uh, uh, in fact, Daisy, his wife, had just passed away, and so he he just wanted to be by himself. But they had kept calling him and asking him to come, and so he called me and said, "Would you? I don't want to go to this meeting, but would you take me?" And I said, "Sure." And he said, "Would you just get me in the back, and then then as soon as we can, let's get out the back." So. And I said, sure. So we went, and there was this very well-known, very famous television healing ministry. And uh, uh, when we left there, after after the minister had ministered for a while, and before before he started praying for the sick, T.L. said to me, get, get me out of here. And I said, sure. So we left. And I drove him home. And on the way home, he said to me, he said, uh, he said uh, did you see all those sick people there tonight? And I said, yes, sir. He said, did you see all those people in the wheelchairs? I said, yes, sir. He said, uh, he can't help them. And I said, what? <laughs> I'm just driving the car, you know. He said, I, mean, I said, what? He said, he can't help them. Wow. I said, he can't help them? He can't get them healed? He said, nah, he won't get them healed. And I said, uh, well, sir, can I ask you a question? <laughs> he said, sure. I said, could you have helped them? He said, well, absolutely. My goodness. Absolutely. And I said, well, well, what would you have done that he didn't? And he said, do you notice how he kept telling us that the anointing was costly, that the anointing was expensive, <laughs> that it cost you for the anointing? I said, sure. I heard him say that several times. He said, well, he sure made us pay it. <laughs> he said, we paid for it. We sat there an hour and a half listening to him ramble on. Right. And he right. said, uh, and, and he said uh, what I would have done, they wouldn't accept. And I said, what do you mean? You're talking in riddles here. What do you mean? And he said, well, they want it hard. Right. In America, they want it hard. Yeah. He said, I'd have got up and talked for 20 minutes and got a bunch of people right. healed and went home. Yeah. And he that, said he went for an true. hour and a half and he won't help anybody. And, and, uh, and, and I know there's a truth in what he said because Americans do want it hard. They don't want to accept the, accept the simplicity of Jesus paid for this already. Right. I am healed. The Bible says I am healed. Right. It says it in the Old Testament. It says it in the New Testament. It says Jesus paid for it. Right. He's not going to die again. He's not going to pay for it again. It's paid for. The blood right. shed. And uh, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. And uh, so so I get that. I get what he was what he was talking about. But I love miracles. And so I pray for him in America. Uh, I, I don't push it as hard as I used to because T.L.'s right. Yeah. Uh, where, where overseas, you know, the people are desperate. But it was designed to be simple. It wasn't designed no, that's right. or invented or created to be hard and for people not to be able to get it and not to be able to figure it out. People were the were so simple and, exactly. and they were desperate and they came to Jesus and they got healed. Well, even in, as you were saying this, and I've, I've meant to tell you this and talk about this more uh, in conversations that, you know, even when Brother Branham would come to our church years ago, you sure, know, William in Branham. the 60s, um, who is probably the best 
at what he did. Right. You know, everybody has categories of what they right. do. And as far as what he did, he yeah. is probably the best there ever has been before or since. Well, he would he would deal with, and I, I venture to say that that probably Oral Roberts and um, some of these other people that I've seen that are real like evangelist, you know, people that that travel and have miracles and things like that, and pastors will bring them in to have a revival to right. stir the people up. Right. Um, but Brother Branham. Uh, our pastor would prepare us all year long that when Brother Branham came, be ready for the power of God. Be ready see, for the anointing. Right. That's a smart pastor. Right. Pastor exactly. Would, you said he prepared us he all prepared year long. Us. Yeah. So it wasn't like, hey, next week Brother Branham's coming. Y'all yeah, come to church no. if you want to. It was no, treated. No, he, he, he built that up and prepared exactly. the church that when Brother Branham comes, when Brother Branham comes, when Brother Branham comes, right. this is going to happen. And so the people expected it. Right. And what's, what's another word for that? Faith. Yeah, he created faith, a, an expectation, a hope, a hope. All and then, you know, the, you know, the definition also, for Bible hope is a confident expectation. Exactly. So when you have a confident expectation of when Brother Branham comes, I'm going to get healed. Then that's that's hope, which of course translates into faith. Well, and and uh, I think too, what helps with Pentecostal people too is that we. We were constantly in an atmosphere of uh, praise and worship. Oh, you know? constantly. Let me just say one thing, Renee, to, to clarify this so I don't, so I don't get a bunch of letters. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Brother Branham, I said he's the best. He is the best at what he did. I know that Brother Branham got off in the later years of his life. He, he, he missed it. He got off in some areas, and he died in a, in a car wreck up around Amarillo, Texas. And uh, he, uh, uh, his son was there and asked him, said, Dad, pray for yourself. Lay your hands on yourself. And he wouldn't even do it. He right. said, no, I'm not worthy. And he died. Right. So I know he got off and I know I know he missed it. So there's no sense in writing me letters and telling me that. But <laughs> when he was on, he was the best no, at what right. he did when he was really sharp. And, and I'll tell you when he was the sharpest. And most of y'all aren't old enough to even know who he is. And you don't even know what I'm talking about. But when he was actually the sharpest mm -hmm. and the most prolific in his calling from God is when F.F. F. Bosworth. Uh, was with him. Because right. F.F. Bosworth was an old, anointed general in the faith yes, he that was. knew the Word of God. Right. And he would keep Brother Branham on track. Right. And Brother Branham didn't really know the Word of God. No. He, he knew the gifts of the Spirit. Well, and that's he what I was going to say, Ghost. was he didn't preach hardly at all. No, because he the didn't really know would the sing, Word. sing, and the glory of God would be there. Brother Branham would get up. He'd begin to minister, word of knowledge, word of healing. People would line up. He'd he'd pray for people. And right. that could go on for an hour, right. hour and a half. Oh, yeah. But the so, preaching wasn't hardly no, anything. No, and, and, and Brother Bosworth, F.F. F. Bosworth, right. would keep Brother Branham on track exactly. of what is the Word and what isn't the Word. Right. You say no, don't do that. That's not that's not what the Bible says. Which is what we talk about on this program all the time. That right. don't move the post. Don't move you know, the post. Keep, keep yeah. the foundation. Right. Uh, you, you know, uh, stay attached to that to your anchor. You know, and, and exactly. that, that all means the word of God. Stay oh, with right. the word. The word. The word. I, I guess you and I, and, and don't let me get off on so many tales here that I, I don't get back to where I was. I was talking about Brother Branham, but uh, I guess when you and Dean and Jackie and I. Mm. Uh, and Brother Copeland, and when Kenneth and Gloria, when Jerry and Carolyn Savelle, when, uh, you know, Charles and Peggy Caps, and some right. of our dear, dear friends, Fred Price and Betty, when some of those, when some of us were younger, right, uh, and we were in that second echelon age-wise, you know. For sure. Uh, but yes. uh, when when uh, when we got into the word of faith, right, what we 
titled it or called it. We probably our foundation was and our foundational building blocks were that the word of God is is first and foremost and final authority. That's right. There's no telling how many thousand times we said that. That's right. The word of God is but first and foremost says, in final yeah, authority. The word says, it is final authority. We I believe what it says. I say what says. it says. I do what <laughs> That's right. it says. I don't do what it doesn't, what it tells me right, not to. Right. And so we were so anchored into the word and we wouldn't turn to, in biblical terms, the right or the left. Right. We would stay right with the word and we wouldn't get off Right. But when you get off from the word, you get off. Well, that's the truth. And you get off in trouble. And that's Brother right. Hagan told us how many thousand times did Kenneth Hagan tell us, stay balanced. Right. There's a bar ditch on both sides of the road. That's stay right. in the middle of the road. The stay devil doesn't care what right. bar ditch you're in as right. long as you're in one. Right. But don't get in a bar ditch. Get in the middle of the road and right. stay there. Stay balanced. Right. And he preached that all his life. Stay balanced. Don't don't get away from the word. Stay with the word. In the Word, even though, as you said earlier, the Bible does say the letter killeth, but the Spirit maketh alive. Right. But what what that what that means is you still got to stay with the with the That's letter. That's right. Right. You know, you still got to stay with the letter, but you also have to do it in the Spirit. That's Brother Hagan right. would tell us all the time. He'd say you can't just have a Word Church, right. and you can't, you can't just, just have, have a Holy, Holy Ghost, Ghost church. church. You must have a Holy Ghost Word Church. They must right. be together. Well, human nature, as we have seen. Uh, you know, you had the Pentecostals over here that were all Holy Ghost. Right. And then you had the Baptists over here that were all Word. Right. You know, right. <laughs> and human nature is to just do, try to do one thing. That's how all these denominations got right. started. Exactly. I can only believe one thing at a time. Exactly. <laughs> See, the Lord said to me when right. I was a teenager and just getting into the ministry, the Lord said to me one day, he said, uh, Matthew 4 says that Jesus came teaching and preaching and healing. Right. And I said, yes, sir. And he said, well, if you want the ministry of Jesus, you have to do all three. He right. said, you have to teach, right. you have to preach, and you have to heal. Right. He said, you you, you, you preach when preaching is necessary. Right. You teach when teaching is necessary. Exactly. And sure. you heal when they're sick people. Right. And he said, he said, my people, and he said this to me, he said, my people, my church has always thought I can only do one thing one at one time. One thing at a time. He said, so they said, no. well, there was the healing dispensation. Yeah. Then there was a the teaching dispensation. Right. Then there was the preaching dispensation. He said, no, 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 Jesus did all three at the same time. At the same time. And you need to do all three at the same time if you want that kind of ministry. Well, it's the whole counsel of yeah. God. Yeah. See, when, when I'm you're in an supposed open air, to be able to do it all. When I'm in an open air crusade with sinners, right. 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 right. sinners, right. I don't teach right? because you can't teach sinners. You know, you're not going to walk into India uh, in, That's or, right. uh, with, a, with a Hindu crowd exactly. or into Thailand with a exactly. Buddhist crowd or into Japan with a, with a Shintoist crowd. Uh, right. you're, you're not going to walk into a Muslim crowd. You're right. not going to walk in and say, all right, folks, 10,000, 100,000 people, uh, take your Bibles. Well, they don't have Bibles. And turn to First Thessalonians. They don't have. They don't know about yeah. Third Thessalonians. Yeah. And I'm going to give you the Rama and the Logos. They don't know that makes yeah. any sense. So I can't teach them. Right. I can't teach a lesson. I have to preach because preaching is the announcing yeah. of good news. It's those declarative, the telling of one liners. Yep. Yeah. Jesus is Lord. Yes, He is. You know, Jesus died for your sins. Right. Jesus hung on the cross. Jesus shed blood for your sins. Jesus loves you. God loves you. Right. By believing on Him, you can be uh, saved. You can live with Him That's forever. Right. Uh, the, the, they buried Jesus, but the third day He rose again. Those are all declarative. Yeah. Statement. There's no teaching in that. No. It's just statement of yeah, truth, statement of truth, statement of truth, statement of truth. Of absolute truth that, that will open people's eyes right. 
to their ability to understand. In exactly. a, in a ma- and I was reading something uh, last year, I guess, sometime about um, Smith Wigglesworth, and his sermons were exactly like that. I mean, they were just like one-liners. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. just one-liners because he because was preaching audience, to so many sinners. Your audience will dictate what you do. Yes, exactly. If your audience is sick, what are you going to do? Right. Preach healing. Right. You know, if your audience is sinners, what are you going to do? Preach salvation. You know, well, but yet, like, yet we got into this thing of teaching. <laughs> Nothing wrong with teaching. No, right. But exactly. you teach Christians. Yes. You know, you teach line upon line, precept right. upon precept. Christians, so right. they go deeper into the things of God. Exactly. They go into the meat of the word right, right. as opposed to the milk. But uh, uh, we, we got on this thing back in the, what, 60s, late 60s, mid 60s, early 70s, to where we said, okay, preaching's done. We right. don't preach anymore. Now we teach. Well, no, that wasn't right. You no, always right. preach. You always teach. You always heal. Right. And uh, they'd say, well, now, now, t- now preaching tells you have faith, have faith, have faith. But teaching tells you here's how to have faith. Right. Well, there's a place for both of that. Exactly. And Jesus did all three. Well, and so we you can't... see these various ministries like Brother Branham, like Catherine Coon. Catherine Coon right. was the same way. Right. Catherine Coon <laughs> didn't know anything at all about faith. I don't put her down. I loved her meetings. I love going right. to her meetings. And I've always said, I think Catherine Coon was the best at what she did. In her category, she was the best. She was. Because she would walk into an auditorium. It would always be full. Yes. She would never take a big auditorium. She'd always take an auditorium that she knew she could fill right. and have to turn people away. There were never any empty seats, right. ever. And so she would walk in early, maybe 10 minutes, 20 minutes early. And she'd say, why, everyone's here. We may as well start. Why wait till 730 when we can't get anyone else in? And then she'd start talking about the Holy Spirit. And then he would tell her, that lady up there in the third balcony in the red dress is is healed of cancer. So So she'd say, she had a finger about that long. She'd say, you, you know, and and she'd call them down. But now she never prayed for anybody. Right. And she'd even ridicule faith. She'd say, why? People say you have to have faith to get healed. You don't have to have faith to get healed. Well, in her meetings, you didn't. Right. Because she wasn't a faith preacher, teacher. She operated by what we call special manifestations of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Ghost would go in there and heal some folks and tell her who they were. Yeah. And then she'd call them out, blue dress, red dress, you and the the hat. But if you just came to her and said, oh, Ms. Coolman, I've got a terrible headache. Would you pray for me? She'd say, she didn't pray for people. Right. But at what she did, she was the best. What William Brandon did, <laughs> he was the best and affected right. lives everywhere. What's so wonderful, I, I, I want you to get back to that, but what's so wonderful is is that the Holy Spirit uh, always is going to direct people on how to minister to people and, and give you something new and innovative on the cutting edge sure, of something. Sure. He'll pull something out and just say, oh, well, God's do got this. ideas yet and sprung on anybody. Yeah, yet. right. And then, yet, it's Terry, it's going to stay with the Word of God. It's Absolutely. never going to violate. He never violates His Word. The truth of the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit never violates the Word. No, and it and and the Holy Spirit is like a surgeon. Is like he's got all these all these instruments laid out in front of him. And it just depends on who's there sure. and what the dynamic of the meeting is. He'll say, use that one. Exactly. Use that one. Exactly. No, don't use those two. That's what you used last time. You're going to need this but, this instrument this time. And as I was a young missionary and God told me to go preach to pastors around the world, he, he told right. me specifically at age 18, he said, I want you to minister to my headship ministry. Right. He said, my headship, my headship ministry around the world is sick. I want you to minister to them. Well, I knew at 18 I didn't have anything to say to preachers. I knew I'd have to grow into that. But as I grew into it and Mm -hmm. started having those pastors' conferences, Mm -hmm. then I would get 
tremendous opposition. Yes. Uh, my I son Lynn's here with us today, and Lynn's been with me on so many overseas crusades where he'd see pastors just stand right up. I mean, two and three times my age. Yeah. You know, I mean, in my 20s, somebody stand up that's in their 70s, and they've been, you know, they've been preaching longer than I've been born, right. and, and just challenge me <laughs> on some point I would make. Boy, and I'd they. have to take that's the word right. and, and answer that question answer that in question. front of all those preachers. Yes. You yes. know, and, and I'd have Catholic, I'd have Monsignors and Cardinals, and, you know, in other countries, right. uh, they'd come to my meetings. They wouldn't in the States, but they wouldn't right. in, in India, which is a Hindu in Muslim nation, I'd have the Catholics come and the Presbyterians come and the Methodists come That's because so I'm a Christian. And so, so uh, they just challenge me right in the audience, right? Stand right up and challenge right. me. And, and yet I'd have to show respect and honor because I'm That's the right. young guy and they're the elder. Right. And God gave me such an ability. I used to say it like this. I'd, I'd say, I said, God somehow gives me an ability when I'm in overseas. He gives me an anointing to have favor with these ministers, but to act like that we're learning it at the same time. Right. Not like I knew this already and came to teach you, but like, oh, wow, can we believe this in the Bible? Does that say that in your Bible? You know, <laughs> wow, can we believe that? And they're all sitting there saying, yeah, we can believe that. That's wonderful. And so God yeah. gave me a, a, an ability, an anointing to pull them along with me. Right. Instead of saying, you're stupid, shut up and sit down, I'm going to teach you something. Well, that's right. not ever going to fly. Yeah. And so, uh, but our message was always, and here we're about out of time again, my, our message is always, like I said, with you and Dean, Jackie and I, Brother Cope, and everybody that started back about the same time, uh, back in the late 60s. Right. We, uh, our, our method and message, our foundation, our anchor was always the Word of God That's right. is first and over foremost. And the Word of God is what final authority. If it doesn't say it in what the Word, Jesus it's not say? right. Paul yeah. even said this, the Apostle Paul said, if we, right. us disciples, us apostles, uh, or an angel from heaven right. comes and teaches you something Anything that's not else. in this book, let him be a curse. That's right. And so That's we were right. locked into that. In fact, we still are. Yeah. That this is sacrosanct. This is immutable. It's unchangeable. It's not going to change. It's incapable of change. Jesus said not one jot, not one tittle. I mean, it is going to Thank always be God. the foundation, Thank the anchor, God. or the post right. that we always stay we attached to. And if somebody tells us something new, we have to immediately look back to the post and say, is that right? Is that what the post is? Is, that, is the post still where it belongs? That's right. And, and then we go from there. Well, we don't the, make up something new. And that's why that scripture you quoted, I think, on one of the other programs just recently, saying that if the foundations be destroyed, what shall become of the righteous? What shall become of the righteous? And and that's the problem uh, with today's society. They're not anchored to anything. Right. There is no going back. Jesus was the the anchor, the coping stone. Yes, you know, yes, yes, he, yes. He was the rock that you go back at, like in, when you're going to build a house, you measure from a particular point. Everything is measured from that point. Oh, exactly. And that's exactly where we are today. You know, um, there, there's so much to say about all this. And what we, we wanted to do is contrast for you, uh, you know, holding two thoughts in your head at the same time. How do I, you know, how do I um, stay on the post, not moving the post? And then how do I... Uh, have something cutting edge and change history. So we're going to keep talking about that. We're so glad you joined you us today. You can always know it's going to stay with the post. Yes. It's going to stay with the foundation. That's right. We're not going to violate that. And God's always got ideas. He's got 999 million ways to do any one good thing. So anyway, we're here to tell you one more time, you are more, more than, than conquerors. Bye-bye. Renee and I just want to remind you that the greatest miracle of all time and the only eternal miracle is salvation. So uh, let's just do that right now. Pray this prayer after me. Father God, 
I come before you today to accept Jesus. I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. I call on you today according to your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, and I'll serve you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you're saved, you're born again. So write us, let us know, tell somebody that you prayed with Terry and Renee and that you gave your heart to Jesus. We love you. God bless you.